I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I want to tell you one last thing about... Spike Cohen, who we just had a conversation with before the break, he is the vice presidential nominee of the Libertarian Party. Uh, interestingly, his pathway to the, his current nomination has been an interesting one. He started out not running alongside Joe Jorgensen, who currently enjoys the Libertarian nomination, but he started uh, as a running mate for, tell me if you recognize this name, uh, Vermin Supreme, Vermin Love Supreme. Yeah, uh, he's been around for a few years, and since 2016, he's been a libertarian. Uh, he is the gentleman who has uh, made himself known by, <laughs> this is real, uh, by wearing a boot on his head. Yeah, this is the, the boot on the head guy. Yeah, uh, th- th- this go around uh, as he was competing with Joe Jorgensen for the nomination of the Libertarian Party. Uh, he made two bold, two bold promises. Two bold promises. He... Uh, <laughs> He let it be known that he intended for each and every uh, American to be granted a free pony, as well as calling for time travel research. Time travel research. I I do want to take libertarianism seriously. I do want to listen to what they have to say because I, I I believe in freedom. I believe much of what they have to say. I find myself agreeing with. Right? Hands off. Let me live my life. Leave my money alone. Let me work as I want to. And yet, you know, Vermin Supreme is a performance artist. He's not a politician. You know? And so it makes it difficult to take seriously. Now, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, you're saying, okay, well, what do, you, what do you think about Trump? Okay, fine. Got it. A debate for another day. Uh, but in a, uh, a still-fledgling third party, as it grasps uh, for relevance, as it seeks and tries to, in an incremental fashion, work its way towards acceptance, more mainstream acceptance, and maybe someday participation in a debate. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we distance ourselves uh, from the nonsense of ponies and time travel. I don't know. Uh, libertarians didn't ask for my advice, but uh, giving it to them anyway. Uh, I mentioned a document I got my hands on just the other day. This comes from the office of the lieutenant governor of the great state of Utah, Spencer Cox, specifically the Office of Elections, the Department of Elections. And in it, we find the order in which names will appear on the ballot in November. Also, we have here uh, now a comprehensive list of all those who will appear uh, on the ballot. No real mystery uh, there, but the order is interesting. And what it does do, as I look at this list, uh, I've been so focused on 
Donald Trump and Joe Biden, uh, that I haven't thought to look uh, at other parties or those who are running for the office in an unaffiliated fashion. And so we have when you when you get your mail in ballot to fill it out or when you appear at the ballot box in November, you're going to see a long list. Uh, and, and many of these names may be uh, new to you. And so what I want to do now is I want to walk through the list a little bit, and I want to share with you just a little bit of information about the the candidates or parties uh, with which you may not be familiar. And I'll admit, uh, as I cracked this list open myself, uh, I had to do a little bit of learning. And, and so you and I, uh, we're going to walk through some of these candidates and parties together. Uh, first, though, I'll read to you the list. These here in Utah, uh, in November, these will be your choices for uh, president and vice president. Uh, in in this order, they'll appear on the ballot. Uh, unaffiliated, no party. Uh, you can choose between uh, Brock Pierce for president. Here, coming in second on the list, will be Kanye West, along with his running mate, M- Michelle Tidball, unaffiliated. Uh, and then Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, come there. And then Don Blankenship. We're going to talk about Don Blankenship here in just a moment. He now is a member of the Constitution Party. He was a, a big businessman in the coal industry for a long, long time. And, uh, well, not in that business anymore. And he blames President Obama. We're going to get into him. I want you to uh, learn a little bit more about the Constitution Party and Don Blankenship. Next, uh, Joe Jorgensen. We just heard from Spike Cohen. Uh, on the ballot, he appears as Jeremy Cohen. Spike's a, a nickname. Uh, so Jeremy Cohen and Joe Jorgensen running on the Libertarian ticket. Uh, Joe McHugh, uh, unaffiliated. Howie Hawkins. Howie Hawkins, a man from Syracuse, New York, is running as the nominee for the Green Party. Uh, he His vice presidential running mate uh, with the Green Party, Angela Walker. And then this one's interesting. This one's interesting. This is uh, Gloria LaRiva running for president, uh, unaffiliated, no party. Gloria LaRiva does not have listed a vice presidential running mate. And so when I saw that, oh, I'll wrap up the list. Uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence are are at the bottom of the list here in Utah. Uh, So back to Gloria LaRiva. She... um, running without a vice presidential running mate, what does that mean? What happens in that circumstance? What happens when uh, you are running for president without uh, a running mate? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it used to be that, uh, you know, the Electoral College had two votes. Now it's just one. Uh, so I, after the 12th Amendment, is it the, is it the Senate? I, I don't know. If you know the answer. I would be uh, eager to hear. So uh, if you want to put your constitutional scholar hat on, send me a text message to 57500, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd be eager. Uh, what happens uh, if you, and now I've obviously hypothetically, because 99.9% of you listening, myself included, uh, are hearing that name, Gloria LaRiva, unaffiliated candidate for president for the very first time, uh, running alone, no running mate, what happens in the hypothetical weird world where she could pull off a victory? Uh, How, then, is her vice president decided? Anyway, don't know. Uh, Just a few moments left. Uh, I want to talk to you now about uh, Don Blankenship. He, running as a member of the Constitutional Constitution Party, used to be known as the U.S. Taxpayers Party, and only it's only been around since uh, 1991. That name change came in 1999. Uh, total membership uh, around the world, uh, I don't think it eclipses uh, two or three hundred thousand. Um, the, the idea, as it describes itself, the idea that the the principles and intents of the U.S. Constitution remain uh, relevant—that uh, is what this party was uh, founded on. 
And so it is that uh, this party, the Constitution Party, now has uh, nominated Don Blankenship as their nominee. Uh, Let's get to know him a a little bit. I'll tell you first and foremost, though, a former coal industry executive uh, spent some time in prison. Uh, a year, as a matter of fact, in federal prison, uh, also uh, paid a, a quarter million dollar fine uh, for being responsible for an accident. Uh, at least that's what the courts found. Uh, so we've got a felon here <laughs> as as the nominee. Uh, I'm sorry, misdemeanor. I'm sorry. Uh, he was uh, charged with a misdemeanor crime. Uh, spent a year in federal prison. Uh, now, here he is. This is a Constitution Party presidential candidate, Don Blankenship, uh, was recently on a YouTube channel talking about uh, what he did for West Virginia. This is where he made his name uh, before the national media slammed him. I had been involved in politics before in West Virginia, even as president of the coal company, because the uh, West Virginia legislature and the West Virginia courts were as bad as the federal courts. So I converted uh, West Virginia from Democrat to Republican, and I felt like I could make a difference on a national level. Okay, so he continues uh, talking about how Democrats in West Virginia and also President Obama ended up ruining him. Barack Obama came along and declared a war on coal. And uh, I guess if if your walking point for the coal industry and the federal government's uh, president has declared war on coal, you end up getting shot at. So basically they can't... Okay, so there's his position there. Now... Every, every, what, what you just heard was irrelevant. I mean, that's not going to change your mind. I, I can't imagine that, you know, hearing those few words. But the reason I bring it up is back to that same point of incrementalism and trying to understand exactly what the objectives of third parties like this are. You know, it, it feels more like a sideshow than it does a serious political endeavor. There are... Those who have called for so, so long uh, that we need to change the system, that the two-party system is broken, and uh, we need to have more options. And yet when a a, a glimmer of an option, a glint of an option uh, becomes available or, you know, makes its way onto the ballot, uh, when you peel things back just a little bit, there's really no seriousness being taken. All right? That's the way I see it. If there is a true desire for a third party or for some other alternative option, well, then some adults need to step in and need to take it seriously. All right? Vermin Supreme is not part of that. We're going to take a quick break and continue. Uh, Green Party has a candidate. I want to introduce you to Howie Hawkins. And then we're going to look at some of those individuals running for a governor here in the state of Utah, who uh, you may not know. Quick look at the gubernatorial race here in the state of Utah ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. 1.30 is the time. 1.35, excuse me, in the KSL Newsroom. Uh, thanks for listening. We are right now uh, continuing our conversation. Uh, we're revolving around some of the lesser-known names appearing right now on the ballot, or which will appear in November when you cast your ballot, or earlier than that if you opt for the mail-in option. There is a, a long list. We just got this uh, the other day from the lieutenant governor's office. We now know uh, all the names which will appear on the ballot, and we know the order in which they'll up here. And uh, so we spent the last segment talking about a candidate named Don Blankenship, a former uh, coal executive, spent some time in prison, uh, fined a quarter million dollars. And uh, well, he is the Constitution Party's nominee for president. We spoke earlier uh, with Spike Cohen, a the, the vice presidential nominee 
for the Libertarian Party. And over the next few moments and minutes here, we're going to talk about some of the other uh, some of the other candidates, uh, the Green Party candidate running for president, Howie Hawkins. But I just want to reiterate this point that if you are if you are one that looks out at the political field and looks at the options available to you, if you today hearing the news that uh, the moderators have been decided upon for the presidential debates and the vice presidential debate, which will take place here in Utah, if you look at that and lament the fact that there are only two participants and not uh, some healthy third option or third party, well, you need to know that uh, it's an uphill battle. An uphill battle made all the more difficult by possibly members of those third parties themselves, at least those who step up and seek elective office. Because I don't see much by way of it being taken seriously. I I don't see uh, in the background of the candidates uh, much seriousness when it comes to growing uh, these third-party options. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating for a a third party. I'm just saying that for all of those who lament the fact that we are left with only Republicans and Democrats from which to choose for the highest offices in the land— There are ways to go about it. There's this thing called incrementalism where you just slowly but surely uh, make your way, march yourself, march your way towards relevance. And I just don't see that being undertaken uh, by any third party. I think maybe unaffiliated is the best uh, or at least the most uh, relevant. With that said, uh, let's take a look at these remaining names on the list, some of those who uh, are just taking up space on the ballot. And that's a that's a heartless thing to say, but uh, you know, until these candidates are serious, uh, th- that's all they are. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish that thought on Spike Cohen. Uh, fine guy, right? We heard him share his thoughts there on uh, we need to be able to have more uh, of our own money. We need to have some freedom to work as we will, and uh, all that. You know, just sharing the libertarian views uh, with which I agree on many, right? M- many libertarian attitudes I-, I share. All right. And yet somehow it is that the current vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party, uh, before partnering up with Joe Jorgensen, who is the presidential nominee, he uh, was running alongside uh, Vermin Supreme. Uh, Vermin Supreme, who's not a serious politician, not even a serious person, right? We've seen him at conventions over the past number of years. That's where you likely encounter this guy, and you recognize him immediately with his uh, long graying hair and a giant rubber boot atop his head. All right, now, how do we take serious? How do we take serious the idea of a third party when his platform, as initially announced, was <laughs> this isn't a joke that every American shall be entitled to a free pony and 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 money will set be set aside. For time travel research. Yeah. If a third party is ever going to be on the same stage as the Republicans and the Democrats in any serious way, uh, you know, folks are going to have to get smart. You know, it's not performance arts, and I uh, I don't really want to hear the idea. Well, uh, you see, uh, the our prominence gives us a platform from which to share our ideals, and while the ultimate goal may not to be uh, or may not be assuming the, the office of the presidency or uh, governor or uh, Congress, uh, what have you. Because we are here and talking, we are getting our, our thoughts and views out there. Okay, fine, great. Well, guess what? Real action happens when you have the power to legislate or when you are the chief executive uh, of the nation. Or maybe if you are 
uh, in some position to actually execute, all right? Talk can only get you so far, and it hasn't gotten you on the stage uh, with the Republicans and the Democrats yet. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rant and rave that line. I just got a little frustrated uh, as I comb through here. Let's, uh, for a second, have a look at the at the Green Party. Uh, you'll have, uh, as an option on your ballot in November, uh, a Green Party nominee, Howie Hawkins. Uh, let me just point out that Howie Hawkins, as a member of the Green Party, also enjoys uh, endorsement by the Socialist Party USA, Socialist Alternative, uh, Legal Marijuana Now Party of Minnesota. That's a real thing. Independent, not really. Independent Socialist Group. All, all of these organizations have uh, endorsed uh, Mr. Hawkins, Howie Hawkins of Syracuse, New York. Uh, let's hear a little bit of what he has to say about this and that. He says uh, he, or what, uh, he talked about, oh, he, his objective is to represent the working people. Here's Howie Hawkins, candidate for president. Yeah, and, and if the Green Party is going to become a major party, that's who is our base is. Uh, working people vote in lower numbers because a lot of them, people say they're apathetic. No, they're alienated. They don't like either party. They don't think either party knows what their problems are, talks to them, uh, represents them. So that's where we've got to build the base of this party because working, you know, we like to say the boss has got two parties. We need one of our own. Yeah, well, good luck. Uh, he continues. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Hawkins uh, has this to say about the, the Green New Deal, says that he, uh, he was the original Green New Dealer. I'm putting forward an eco-socialist Green New Deal. What we need to do, given where we're at, with the climate budget that the climate scientists say we need to meet to have any chance of avoiding runaway climate uh, global warming and a climate catastrophe, is we got to do what we did during the World War II emergency. Federal government took over or built a quarter of manufacturing capacity during World War II in order to turn industry on a dime into what they called the arsenal of democracy to defeat the Axis powers. And we need to do nothing less at the federal level to defeat climate change. Last up here, he talks uh, a little bit more about this Green New Deal, and I'll wrap this up. I'll quit torching you with, with, uh, with this stuff here. So I'm talking about a public energy system, a public transportation system, particularly rails and the whole system electrified, building a new manufacturing system. Because if we're going to zero out greenhouse gas emissions, producing energy only counts for 28% of the carbon footprint. The other 72% is buildings, uh, transportation, agriculture, and manufacturing. So we need to build a whole new manufacturing infrastructure that is zero emissions and zero waste. And that requires federal action like we did during World War II to build this stuff out on the time frame we're talking about, 10 years. All right, this concludes our look at the lesser-known candidates and parties to appear on the ballot here in the state of Utah come November. <laughs> I apologize. I get so worked up for some reason uh, when, I, when I see these efforts and we are asked to take them seriously. And then when we pull them back, uh, we find that really it is just possibly an exercise in vanity, certainly futility, uh, and really, as I mentioned earlier, nothing more than performance art by some of these individuals. And this is not to disparage you if you subscribe to these views. I feel bad for you because you're being poorly represented. You know, if you are uh, of a libertarian mind or this Constitution Party, or even even if you're a Green Party person, uh, you know, all that socialism stuff aside, if you truly believe, if you truly want to be represented, I feel bad that there is not uh, representation for you, effective, authoritative, uh, respected uh, representation. All right. 
Maybe it's a sign to you that uh, you ought to step up and get involved in, in politics yourself. Maybe uh, when you see people wearing boots on their heads uh, or when you see people coming straight out of prison, uh, making their way right towards elective office, uh, maybe you should look around your circle of like-minded thinkers and say, hey, could one of us represent? Could one of us give this a shot? Could one of us take this seriously? If we are going to forever and ever complain about the ills of a two-party system, which I don't, okay? I, I don't. I, I think that uh, the, the back and forth uh, is good as it is now, and uh, I, I welcome anyone else to the table as soon as they uh, gather the, the numbers of support. And uh, that's the challenge laid out for you now. So as you look around your circle of acquaintances, if you're all like-minded folks and you say, I want there to be some legitimate third-party option, maybe that option is you. That's my rant. Thanks for bearing with me. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at something the CDC has done. Who knew? The CDC has put forth a memo uh, abolishing evictions for the duration of this calendar year. No more evictions. By the authority of the CDC, we're going to be speaking in the next segment with Paul Smith, executive director of the Utah Apartment Association, about what that means for Utah renters. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.